This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to OK Sis. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy. As we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters? Welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Maddie. And I am Scout, and we are the sisters behind OK Sis Podcast. And today, we are both wearing tie-dye sweatshirts on this Zoom call, I can see. You're blue and I'm pink. Yes, the pastel tie-dye is all the craze and all that I have the effort to wear at this time. Honestly, I am entering a space where I'm getting dressed up now. Like, I'm putting jeans on. I'm putting matching skirt and top on. I am playing around with some of my closet because, like, yes, I get the sweatsuits great and everything. But I need I need a little pick-me-up. I need to feel a little, like, a little fancy. You know what I mean? I have no idea what you mean. And also, this is not something that has been recent. You've been doing this all of quarantine. You've worn jeans since day one. And... It's kind of veering into sociopath territory. Okay, one, you're the sociopath because you write with a pencil. Two, I understand that, but I'm getting even more into it. Maybe it's because I went to the office last week. Like, we're starting to go back to the office, um, or at least I'm starting to work in the office more. So I just feel like I need to actually put on some clothes. Like, I want to wear heels. I used to wear heels to work all the time because I love wearing heels, and I haven't worn heels in a while, and that is in the cards for me probably this week. Wow. I I do not feel anything that you're saying. I am loving this sweatsuit life. I don't know how I'm going to transition into real clothes following this. I feel so much more myself in these comfy, stretchy clothing because my bloatedness can just be free and roam free amongst the sweatsuit land that I am living in. So God's to you. Yeah. God be with you as well. Um, this is upsetting because last intro we were together in person for, and I really felt like we got this taste of the magic that happens when we're in the same room, and now we're back to fucking Zoom. Yeah, I know. I It's, it's like a weird rhythm that you have to be in on Zoom because obviously you can't interrupt one another, so it's just this like waiting for the other person to finish their thought and then trying to jump in or like remembering what you're about to say so that you don't interrupt the Zoom and create some like gr- like annoying sound effects. So yeah, it's upsetting. We did get a little taste and now it's been ripped out from under us. And we're back to loafing around in our prospective homes. Yes, you're really a loafing today. That's for sure. Um, well, I'm not. I wasn't loafing all day. I went on a hike, and I ate in a giant roast beef sandwich from Bay Cities, which is this very famous sandwich place in Santa Monica. And now I, I, I just, 
I haven't had plans or I haven't like done anything in about three months. So the fact that I went on a hike in Malibu, it was beautiful. It was stunning. But just like I, I'm done. I am like wiped the fuck out. Yeah, our energy levels are going to have to build back up. But I have some updated news that I have not told the podcast audience about because I wanted to see how this played out. And I did not want to speak badly about a company that I love because coronavirus is obviously changing the way we do business. But the first like day three of quarantine, I ordered the at-home manicure nail polish kit from Olive in June because I was like, I need to do my nails at home. Like I'm so bad at it, but this is a really good time for me to get good at it. Okay, so I ordered one for myself, and then I ordered one for Naomi as a surprise. And then I got a shipping notification that mine was shipped out. And then I got a notification that Naomi's was shipped out a few days later, but my, like, status never changed on the tracking number. And then Naomi's arrived, but hers arrived with only three nail polishes, and she was supposed to get six. And so then I started emailing them, like, hey, like, they put out a, a release. They're saying that their orders are obviously so, like, increased so much due to coronavirus because it's an at-home manicure kit. Everyone's buying it, you know, just be patient with them and that our orders will ship three to eight business days from ordering. And I was like, totally fine, guys. Like, I even emailed back. I'm like, you're doing amazing. Can't wait. Love you guys. Like, keep it up, whatever. And then my thing just never came. And then a month later, I'm like emailing and emailing. No one's answering my emails. I'm DMing. They finally put me in contact with someone else. I'm emailing them. And I'm like, hey, where is my thing? Like it's been a month and a half. And then they're like, it's going out. It's going out. It's not going out. It is going out. Like it's been this whole fucking saga. Naomi, in the meantime, is painting her nails like a goddess in quarantine. And today I am pleased to report that my manicure at home, my at home manicure kit arrived in the mail. It's got everything I need. I did my nails. They're looking fab. And I'm stoked. It really is a good kit, guys. Like, uh, I can break down the products for you later, but it's a good one. I mean, yeah, it sucked that it took two months to get to me, but I understand coronavirus has impacted the way we do business, and I'm happy that they're making lots of money. And I'm just stoked that I have my at-home manicure kit. I mean, this has been something that I've been every day looking in the mail for. How did you do your other hand? Flawlessly, bitch. How do you know how to paint your nails? I've never once painted my nails in my entire life. I don't care if that makes me sound bougie, but we have been getting manicures since we were little children. Yes, 100%. So I started just painting my nails without this at-home kit because I was like, I want my nails to be done. And the first time I was like, okay, like it was not good. I've been doing it a bunch. I do it once a week. And so I've been getting better. And so now that I've practiced and now with the added tools of the at-home manicure kit... I am excelling and you know, it's just practice mads like the winged eyeliner. You just got to do it over and over and over again. And I'm still terrible at that. I'm flourishing in both areas. So Eh, debatable, but I'm very happy for you. I mean, it's much better than my situation. Mine is just remnants of my acrylic and flimsy cuticles. It is just a disaster over here. Wait, it's almost like we're on The Bachelor, you know what I mean? Because they can't oh, get their nails done. Oh, God. Yes. This is like The Bachelor. You can't get your nails done. can't go to the tanning salon. You can't get your hair did. You can't get your makeup done. You can't get your eyebrows done. It. This. We are, we are on The Bachelor. Quarantine. It's like The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Will you make a meme for that and post it yeah. tomorrow? Thanks. Um, okay, so I, good news, finished Normal People by Sally Rooney. 
which is your like number one hype woman for that book. Well, yeah, because I I mean, I was just I was pleasantly surprised when you said finish normal people now moving on to trick mirror. And I was like, wait, I thought you couldn't uh, read normal people because you're manic depressive. Yeah, it was um, triggering at times would have appreciated the the you know, uh, trigger warning. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me no warning. And um, I was just feeling really down in the dumps one weekend and it just wasn't appropriate for me to read it. But then I got stronger and I said, I'm going to finish this book because I really enjoy the characters. I like the writing style and all around amazing book. Yeah. The psychological elements escaped me at the time of my recommendation to you because I was so enamored with the sexuality that is present in the show and you will know exactly what I mean when you start the show which is equally as good as the book yeah yeah I mean I was more fixating on the fucked upness of Marianne and relating to emotional problems not the same ones that she has thank god but different ones when you said that you and Marianne would be friends I don't think a truer statement has ever been uttered right like Marianne and I we would be such good friends but then I would be like, girl, like get your shit together. Like you gotta, you gotta take care of your emotional health. You guys are both like, you know, studying English literature and smoking cigarettes and just like drinking coffee at like a cute liberal arts college. Like you guys are so cute. Oh my God. We would be best friends when I was like ages 20 to 24. Mm-hmm. She was she was my jam. Anyways, thanks for the book recommendation. I am now reading Trick Mirror, and I would I will say, um, it's obviously highly psych- like philosophical and intelligent. And could she use a few less big words? Yes. Um, I'm like fucking looking up everything. I'm like really, really, you know all of these words. Um, it's a so little it's, negative. It's funny because if you listen to Gia Tolentino on a podcast. She sounds like that. Her vocabulary, her vocabulary is astronomical. Yeah, it, it really is. It is very impressive, obviously, but that is actually how you how she talks. I was the same way. I was like, girl, okay, you, this is a little pretentious. Like, you don't need to say it with these big of words. And then you listen to her and it's she's like a walking thesaurus. Yeah. I would say that her viewpoints on things, like there's no positive uplifting in my opinion approach to the internet or to the ideal woman or to reality tv like I think that she's missing some of the beauty of what these things have brought us and um obviously she's against capitalism to a certain extent but she doesn't offer another way of life that could replace that and be better than that so I have like I, I have different philosophies than she does on a lot of things Sure. And that that's fine to have. Um, a big a big uh lesson of the book, if you will, is that she's writing for the sake of writing and writing out her thoughts for the sake of just documenting those thoughts and observations. She actually made it a point not to give you like tangible steps after every because she was so sick of like having to write in a certain format where you're like, here is the issue. Now here are my resolutions for this issue and what you should be doing and a prescription where she's like, why the fuck do I have to know the answers? Why can't I just have thoughts about something? And that is it. Like, why can't I just comment on something and not have a prescription of how to fix it? So that's why there's really no tangible, there's no steps after every essay. 
but the way she talks is that she does know about it. Like the way she speaks and the way she talks, it's very much like this is the fact. Like it, it to me, it sounds um, as if obviously, and this is most people with opinions, but that her opinion is the way on a lot of things. And so I don't know, I, I we can get into specifics what I've done and maybe like go through one of the chapters and debate it, which I think would be awesome. She's, she's amazing. Like she's obviously has a brilliant mind and I love uncovering the way her mind works it's just challenging maybe my perceptions of the world and capitalism and the internet in the digital era which I have different more different opinions about but um I'm really excited to finish it she's she's pretty spectacular wow reading both of my favorite books one after the other because you are the biggest influencer I've ever met if I'm a book influencer that I am so fine with that love that yeah, I got to get on the Anna Delvey train next, I suppose. Oh, God. My my friend Anna. Yeah, great book. Oh, my friend great Anna. Book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's get into Content Corner. Okay. Oh, I uh, guess that was that was kind of Content Corner. We're, we're in it. Yeah, but I already – I watched a great movie, The Wrong Missy with David Spade. No it's idea. It's a rom-com. Rom-com. <gasps> I do love rom-coms. It's a good one. What, it's a what very are, good one. Oh, I think I saw a billboard for it. Is it new on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I'm in. Yeah, it's funny. It's good. It's a good one. Um, it's yeah. I have nothing to say other than it's good. It's not okay. like you're gonna. It's not like uh, Nancy Myers one, but you'll like it. Okay, great. Love that because I was looking for a new movie. Um, I just uh, did I finish? Yes, I finished Dave. Actually, no, I did not finish. I'm almost. I'm almost done with it. Dave on Hulu. It is the show with Lil Dicky. Scout, you would love it. Um, only, not only, but a big part that w- why I want you to watch it is there's this character, his name is Gaeta, and he's bipolar. So when there's a whole episode bringing to light bipolarness, and this particular actor, and I want to say he's a rapper in real life, but his name is Gaeta in real life, and he actually has bipolar disorder. So a lot of the contents of that specific episode highlight what he's gone through and were um, actual moments that happened in his life. So I think you would really enjoy, I mean, the whole show is obviously hilarious, um, but that particular part of it is really good. And then yeah, you've, you've told me that a few people have actually, one of your friends DM'd me and told me it. I forgot which friend, but yes. Okay. And then next, I just started watching Black AF. Now, you had mentioned that you had dabbled in this show, and my boyfriend was really angry because you mentioned the show, but then you didn't know who was in it or anything about it, and he was very peeved about that because he thought that you should give credit. If you're going to mention something on a podcast, give credit to who is in it, what's it about and give some context surrounding it so i'm here to do that service i roll it's not an eye roll this is a podcast we are we have listeners that would like to look up these shows and understand what they're getting into before they get into it so i'm here to tell you that it is an incredible show it's by that i know i'm just saying it's by the creator of blackish his name is kenya barris and i know that too you didn't say I that. said all this shit. It's Rashida not- Jones. It's based off the guy who's produced like all of the black African-American culture TV shows and movies. Nah. That's what you have to know. That's what you have to know. And he stars in it and he's the main character and he's married to Rashida Jones and it's hilarious. 
don't think that's what you said, but all right, great. So also he doesn't create all the black TV shows. He just, he creates a lot of them. Yeah. Blackish mixed dish and, um, grownish. No, no, but he's done a bunch of other movies. Okay. Before that. Okay. So Kenny Barris, very famous, obviously, and prominent in Hollywood. But what I love about this show is it reminds me a lot of what Larry David did with Curb, where he's like coming off of Seinfeld and it's kind of like this, uh, like heightened sense of who Larry David is, um, in, in the Hollywood sphere and landscape. And it's, so funny it's obviously like a raunchier it still touches on a lot of the same topics that blackish does in terms of the african-american experience um in america and in the world and their place in the world and but it's it's really raunchy too and it has this like explicitness that i love and wow i think and dare i say it i think it's better than blackish like i, I agree know. actually like, I agree. Yeah, it was just, I think, a controversial take, and I'm surprised it hasn't gotten more uh, notoriety or more attention because I think it is so fabulous. Like, Kenya Barris is, I mean, he's never acted in something that he's done before, and he is really funny. Really? I see. I didn't think he was that great of an actor. I thought that he broke the wall for me. I kept being like, oh, you're, you've never acted and you're jumping. Like, I didn't think he was a good actor. His humor is so understated. Like, it's just so. No, I love his humor. I love the writing. I just think that as an actor, you could tell he's not an actor. Oh my God. I I think it is so funny. I think he, like, the jokes are just so, you, like, if you blink, you'll miss them. Like, they're just so perfect Mm -hmm. and just, oh. His Jewish, his Jewish assistant. So funny. When the Jewish assistant was is like, well, I'm not white, you know, I'm Jewish. She's like, why you are the whitest person I know? <laughs> oh god, it is. Yeah, it's good. It's a really, really good show. So I, I highly recommend everyone jump on that bandwagon, dude. It, when I'm done with these two shows, I really have nothing else. I oh, big news, Bold Type is coming back, which is so funny because I just that was my first binge of quarantine when I was watching. I've never Bold even Type. heard of that. I've mentioned, I've literally mentioned it so many times on the podcast and you have said, I've never heard of it. Every time I say it, literally every time. Okay. So it's called The Bold Type. It's on Hulu. Mm -hmm. The new Mm -hmm. episodes are coming June 11th, which will still be holed up in this room when uh, that happens. So um, I'm just patiently awaiting the return of The Bold Type because great show. Great. Yeah. I'm still getting through The Office. That's that's my jam right now. It's, it's going funny. well. I've been watching The Office to go to sleep. You know how I always have to have a show on to fall asleep. It used to be Friends. Now Friends is no longer on Netflix. So now um, I'm rewatching The Office to fall asleep. So it's been my Michael Scott's voice has been my lullaby for the past couple months. Oh, that's so cute. He's a great lullaby. Okay. Sisters, we want to talk to you real quick about something called BetterHelp. Um, We know you're in quarantine. We know you're stuck. We know a lot of emotions are coming up, anxieties and whatever. And maybe you don't have the access to a therapist at this time. So we have teamed up with BetterHelp. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. I love this because every time I have to switch therapists, it takes like a month to get into a therapist's office. It's like you got to go through insurance and it's a little bit crazy. But with BetterHelp, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is completely professional counseling done securely online and it's available for clients worldwide. 
So we really wanted to bring this to your attention because we are obviously huge therapy advocates. I've been in therapy since 14. Mads has just started therapy a few years ago and had incredible breakthroughs. And we want everybody to have access to a therapist that can either help them work through past traumas or just get them through this tough time that we're all going through today. So BetterHelp and OKSIS podcast wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P dot com slash OKSIS to join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, y'all know I'm bipolar. We know we love mental health. This is it, guys. Special offer for the sisterhood. Uh, You guys get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash OKSIS. And that link will be in the show notes. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before. And we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast. Because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. 
treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right, 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S-1-5. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self-care, you deserve it. So housekeeping this week, we have a newsletter that comes out every Monday along with our main episode. So if you're listening now, you probably got your newsletter sliding into your inbox. You can subscribe to that newsletter at OKSISpodcast.com. Also, go follow us on Instagram because it's really popping over there. We got some vulnerable AF posts going on, as well as silly ones, because guess what? We're on TikTok at OKSIS Podcast. And guess what? We're on Twitter at OKSIS Podcast. Then we have a secret Facebook group where it's also popping off and we do Zoom happy hours with our sisterhood. And that is that can be found at OK Sisters. Now, I just spit a lot of information at you. So you're like, Dudes, Mads, slow the fuck down. Where do I get all this information in one place? I'll tell you, both in the link in our show notes and at the link in our bio in our Instagram. And of course, if you like OKC's podcast, we would formally appreciate it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. Woohoo! Okay. Yeah, we love it when you guys review. It's like the best part of our lives. Um, Okay, this episode, what the fuck? Um, uh, 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 Yeah. Not a a good uh, indicator because these two precious gems do not cuss and we probably cussed so much. We're like the X-rated version of these two ladies. I know. So this week we have Chelsea and JC. You guys know them from what we said podcast, also just from being fabulous presences on the internet. Um, if you guys don't follow both of them on TikTok, I'm not really sure what you're doing on TikTok. Like they have dominated both the fashion, but also the dance space on TikTok and They also have this just incredible podcast together. They're longtime friends. Um, JC comes from the photography and influencer space. And then Chelsea is a holistic um, lifestyle coach. And just their energies together, they're obviously very insightful, but silly and so relatable. I'm not really even sure how else to say it. Like you look at their feeds and you just want to be friends with them. Totally. And in this episode, we go deep at the discomfort of Mads. We talk about faith and God and what that means in our life. We also talk about if you should niche down or if niching down can harm your business and a plethora of other things. So we hope you enjoy, sisters. Enjoy! JC and Chelsea are the hosts of the What We Said podcast. JC was born and raised under the Arizona sun. She is a social media content creator and does YouTube and Instagram full time with her husband. She loves traveling, exercise, online shopping, houseplants. Doesn't mean she's the best at keeping them alive, though. Finding new music and, of course, good food. Chelsea was born in sunny California and raised in the Arizona desert. Chelsea is a certified health coach. She loves holistic health, yoga, singing, and playing guitar. The beach, long walks with her pup, the Kardashian, and you guessed it, food. Without further ado, JC and Chelsea. 
Hello, you guys. Hi. I'm. Where the heck did you find those intros? I'm like, whoa, taken back in time. Oh, I think they're on your website. Yeah. Is that where you got them, Ed? We haven't. Yeah. That's so funny. It was. It was on your website. I hope it's up to date. I love that it. That you guys still love food. Do you guys still love food? Love food. Still love the Kardashians. Still love the beach. Everything's it's very accurate. accurate. Everything's oh, real there we accurate. go. Love it. There it's, we go. It's timeless. Guys, we're so excited to have you on the pod. We have been marveling at you as both podcast hosts, as Instagram presences, as TikTok stars, newfound TikTok stars. You guys are just inspiring us left and right. Thank Thank you. you. That's so, so sweet. TikTok is our newfound passion. We would love to quit everything we're doing and just become TikTok dancers. Be ideal. 100%. Um, you and me both, but probably not in the cards for me, even though I think I'm churning out premium content, but it's not really picking up. I'm not going viral yet. Yeah. You know what? TikTok, we've been having discussions about this. It's so, it's so unpredictable. And I really think that TikTok is doing the best thing possible because they give everyone a little glimpse of hope every once in a while. They'll like have one of yours get a lot and you're like, oh my gosh, this is possible. And then it just will kind of and you, it's you like gambling. Th- you think it's the new normal, but then it's just not. Yeah. And then you get that 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 next boost of like confidence when your other video does pretty well and then back to the grind. It's literally like having a gambling addiction. That's what I feel like. I'm like, "Well, this time I'll win." I was saying our cousin who has no social media presence, nothing at all, doesn't even have a Facebook or Instagram, got on TikTok and his first and second video had like 25,000 views. It's nuts. You know, here, you guys really want my, do you want my TikTok conspiracies here? Yes, of course. Oh, I have some too that I'd like to share after you. Okay. I really feel like the first couple you put out, they want to give you a good experience. So your first couple, I feel like they push them out more so than usual. So if it's a good video, it will get a lot of views. Like more so than I feel like when you've been posting for a while, they know you're hooked. They don't need to convince you to stay. But when it's new... They got to get that again feeling. It's so true because we have a joint account. And the first time I posted a photo, I hashtagged like first video or something. And it went, we got more views on that one. And it was like a really bad video because I didn't know what I was doing. But it's because they saw that they thought it was like my first post. 100%. 100%. They got us. So, so I guess we needed a hashtag first TikTok on every single one. That we <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm gathering from this. Yes. Hashtag beginner, hashtag first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. My conspiracy theory is that they prioritize people in crop tops and people that are wearing minimal clothing. So I tell Scout to share her boobs and her stomach so that we can whore ourselves out for TikTok. 100%. Amazing. You know what? I objectify myself for TikTok <laughs> fame, essentially. Perfect. No, I know someone who actually did a test. Um, she did the same dance same like posted it around the same time same setting and in one she wore a bikini and one she wore baggy clothes and the bikini one did way better way better do I have to get in a bikini now I mean we're really taking this we're really pushing this guys it's It's time time. you might see catch me in my family room honestly in a bikini (laughs) doing all my dances from now on that's what it takes okay I mean I'm you know I will sacrifice myself for this you know I'm I who cares about my reputation online I will I'll do it we don't doubt it I'm here for it I love it. Okay, let's get into current fixations. Scoutala, you can start. Okay, so my current fixation, which is probably super late to the game and everyone probably already knows what this is, but I purchased the Mario Badescu. Is that how you pronounce it, Mads? Mm-hmm. Badescu? Sure. Um, Whatever you I bought, want. 
Oh, okay. I got their facial spray with aloe herbs and rose water, the pink one, obviously like the super trendy one. But my current fixation with it is that I spray it on my face first thing in the morning. So like right when I wake up, I pour my coffee and I do like three sprays. And it's just a really nice way to wake up. Like it's, you know, instead of like splashing your whole face with water, it's like this rose water and it's misty and it's nice. And it's just kind of like a cute little moment that I have with myself. And then it smells good. And I feel like I walked out of a sauna or not a sauna, a spa. And so I've just been spraying myself just three spritzes every morning before I drink my coffee just to kind of pamper myself a little bit as I wake up. I love that. You know what? I do the same thing. I have a, it's not the Mario Badescu one, but it's uh, apple cider vinegar and rose water. Mm. And I spray it on the, in, my, in the morning on my face and it feels so good. I feel like my face like drinks it up. My husband hates apple cider vinegar smell so he's like oh my gosh your face smells like so bad but I love it I feel like it makes my face just so much better it's a nice way to wake up it's Mm -hmm. like a really pleasant kind of I don't know it's just it's like spring awakening or something like that so that's what I've been doing every day and then if I'm bored in the middle of the day and my life feels dull I'll just spray a little more yeah love it sometimes you gotta pamper yourself okay my current wait is it my turn I just decided to hop in Okay, yeah, you go first. You go, girl. Take it over. My current fixation is Dance Moms. So I've never watched Dance Moms, which I truly believe is a crime because I've grown up a dancer. Like, I love dance, but I just am not much of a TV person, honestly. Um, And so I decided to start binging Dance Moms. And I started from uh, season one. I'm still on season one. Like, I literally just started two days ago. But it is so iconic and so entertaining and I just love it. And it's been the best way to end my night, honestly. Just don't have to think about anything. Just lay down, prop up my iPad with a little stand and just watch it for as long as I can until I get tired. That is so funny that you mentioned that because my roommates are actually currently re-binging it. And I walk in sometimes to to see them list, uh, watching it. And it's just so funny to see like Maddie Ziegler. So what's, is that her? Yeah, that's her last name. Mm-hmm. Like so young. So tiny. And it's just, yeah, so tiny. Um, That's so funny. I need to get on the train. You, you really need to. Honestly, they are, it is, I, it's such an iconic show. And the reason I even wanted to start binging it is because I've seen so many um, little videos and snippets from of like iconic moments um on tiktok i'm like i have to watch this show what is what are these things they're saying and like these crazy moms so i hopped on board i don't regret it it's been so entertaining so far i know i need to i need to watch it love that yeah yeah yeah. okay my current fixation i'm gonna say something super quarantine basic um and i think that you all will relate to this on a deeper level. Um, I can't stop wearing tie-dye. Um, currently, yes, me and me and JC are both wearing tie-dye. This is from Project Social Tea. I, I just this morning bought the Summer Fridays full sweatsuit that is also tie-dye. I do not need it because I have way too many sweatsuits. Also, it is so fucking hot <laughs> in LA right now that I really do not need it, but I am a slave to both summer Fridays and to tie dye. So that is the current fixation. That's everyone's current fixation at the moment. I know you guys have dabbled into actually tie dyeing things. How was, how was that experience? Um, very good. You know what? I actually posted a, like right when the tie dye was getting big, you know, the like blue and pink, like very subtle tie dye, not the usual tie dye you did when you were like eight at church camp. And 
Yeah. We posted a YouTube tutorial. Before quarantine. Before yeah, quarantine. Before quarantine, before anything. And we posted a little tutorial and on my YouTube channel and it tanked. I was like, okay. I thought they were cute. I mean, <laughs> I mean, people liked it, but it just didn't do like well. It was like very odd content for me. And then when quarantine happened, like we all know, tie-dye popped off. And my YouTube video just skyrocketed in views. And so then I was like, you know what? Gave me a little push to do another one. So then we did the um, bleach dye, which was fun and, and experimental. You know, we did bleach and then we tie-dyed. I guess it's called reverse tie-dye. Mm-hmm. But again, now I have so many sweatsuits and it's so hot. So when I go to pick an outfit every day, I'm like, I actually don't have anything to wear. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to – my husband will kill me if I don't say this right now. My husband literally texted me in November or – told me because I live with him and he said you and Maddie need matching tie-dye sweatsuits like he predicted this wow. he was like you need them like you need them there and he started sending me them like I would wake up to text messages of tie-dye sweatsuits all over Etsy that he was trying to find for me so he's such a trendsetter yeah, we I mean, love a man on the pulse he is he is extremely on the pulse I'm not gonna lie like he really is he like predicted the clear sunglass trend before anybody else did he got into cacti before anybody else did. He got into vinyl before anybody else did. I mean, he's quite – okay, it's not about him, but keep going. We yeah, got it. yeah, quite the trendsetter. <laughs> Love that. Oh, my God, yes. Okay, so that is my current fixation. I'm sure everyone has dabbled into it, and let's keep let's keep it up because I'm, I'm really – I'm digging it. It's also – it brings a little color into my life. I'm not a color wearer, which I know you guys are. You are big pastel girls, and – I wish I could wear that aesthetic. You guys are so great at it. But I am just like a neutral bitch. <laughs> oh, Chelsea has to do her current fixation. Okay, go. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, I was going to say something. These are both childish, but the first one is Nancy Drew games. Um, have you guys ever heard of that? Yeah, I know Nancy Drew. So... Back in probably like 2001, I don't even, maybe even earlier than that, they came out with computer games where you solve a mystery as Nancy Drew. Honestly, the funnest computer game you will ever play. I played them when I was in elementary school with all my friends, and they're still fun. They have like puzzles, you can do like Sudoku, but you have to just have to figure out this mystery, and there's all different kinds of mysteries. And so when quarantine started, I decided it was a good time to get back into those, and they're so fun. They have like 30 different mysteries you can go to. They're like $7. Wait, where do you, where do you get these? Like on So you go to bigfishgames.com, but sometimes with Macs they don't work. Like recently I've been having some trouble after I upgrade updated my mm-hmm. software. But okay. that's where they've worked before. Or you can probably buy the actual computer game if you have like a disk drive or whatever. But also necessary to say that they're so hard. Yeah, Chelsea, they're actually Chelsea hard. wanted me to play when we were on the flight, our flight to Paris back in like whenever we went. I don't remember, October or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we should play Nancy Drew. I'm like, okay, I'm down. Literally took hours. And I was getting so frustrated to the point where I'm like, I, I'm not finishing. Like this is so hard. I mean, yeah. it's. It's finishable, but it's a challenge. It is hard. Most of the time, I play with my sister and my siblings all the time, and most of the time we have to look up hints because it's actually so hard to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. It's wild. I love a good yeah. uh, brain teaser. and a bra- I feel like we don't, we don't no, get enough sure. of those. Yeah, I was into the New York Times crossword puzzles on my iPad for, for days, a little bit. For two days. For two days. <laughs> and it was really hard. It was a challenge. Yeah, it's good. 
It's good for your brain. Exactly. That's what I think. Okay. Let's get into you two. We're so excited to talk all things what we said. Um, first, I know that you probably have mentioned this story m- numerous of times, but we want to hear the love story. How did you both meet? Chelsea, you can You, you can know what? I actually up. don't think we've said this too many times. But back in 2009, so we were freshmen in high school, um, this is, you know, the, the exact details of the first time we met were, are a little fuzzy, but... Basically, my group of friends went with another group of friends to go eat pizza after school. And JC was in the other group of friends and I was in that group of friends. And I think that was like the first time I even like heard of you, like, you know, saw you anything. And then after that, we all started kind of hanging out more. And then one day we decided we should go to the school dance concert together because we were both in the same English class so you could get extra credit. So we're like, hey, like... You guys, you want to go with me? So we're like, okay. And you know how the first time you hang out with friends mm-hmm. is kind of awkward? Like just you two when you're just mutual friends or you ha- only have mutual friends, you're just acquaintances. But we went to the dance concert together. Literally, we're like dying laughing the whole time. We made t-shirts. We went and got ice cream. And we came back and JC's like, can I sleep over? And I was like, sure. So she just slept over. And then from then on, we were inseparable. We really have been inseparable since like that first sleepover. Like it was just, yeah. we clicked instantly um and we were best friends all throughout high school we dated best friends so our boyfriends throughout high school were best friends and we dated them like for literally years yeah and yeah we've just like been so tight and then we had some I don't want to say we grew apart but kind of like once we graduated high school um Chelsea moved to California for a little bit. I was in Arizona. We both ended up moving to Utah and living together, but I was super busy with photography. Chelsea had like a billion jobs and we didn't even get to hang out that much, even though we lived together. We like never saw each other. I was traveling a bunch as well. And then um, we got, we both got married and like we've lived in different states. And so we just like didn't see each other that much. But then randomly, how many years ago was it now? Like three years ago or two years ago? Two years like two years ago that is so weird to think about I know we because we'd kind of drifted apart we'd still like talk and stuff but it's not like we were talking every single day and about two years ago on Chelsea's birthday I was like hey would you want to fly out to California she lived in Utah at the time um I said would you want to fly out to California for your birthday like just for fun we just haven't seen each other in a while and she was like yeah and it was kind of not like awkward but it's like it was we hadn't we hung, hadn't out, hung out alone in like so long and when she came back we were like oh my gosh, like, what have we been missing out on? Like, it was just so, it was just back to the old days and we were like, we miss each other so much. And then literally two months later, we started our podcast. Oh my gosh, I love that. And do you want to know what really speaks to me when you said that? Because I think that Mads and I come from a really small community where we grew up with the same people over time and we're still friends with the people we went to high school with. But you're so many, when you meet people as adults, they think it's crazy that you know someone from high school or that you're still super close. So I love the fact that you guys have known each other through such a long period of time and such a long trajectory because there's a different type of bond that comes with going through high school experience and growing up and then finding your career and then getting married and like seeing all these milestones together. I think, I mean, I have friends like that and so it's awesome, but it's cool to hear other people have that experience as well. Yeah. I just remember even, so when I came to visit her for my birthday, um, Leif was out of town, her husband, and I remember JC saying like, I feel like this is my new life. Like, I feel like this is just (laughs) us hanging out, like eating food. And it was so weird for 
for me because I hadn't um I don't know when like your Instagram really popped off but at that point like the last time we really hung out JC didn't have like that many Instagram followers and like she was doing photography I think she had like 30k at the time like when we were like really hanging out which was a lot at the time but then when I came to visit you it was like this it was so weird to me like I was like what the heck like this girl that I knew in high school and she was like oh, I have all these like campaigns I'm doing blah 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 like it was so crazy I was like but she was the same so, person so I was just like oh my gosh this is so weird and we both had like just gone through different different jobs and whatever yeah so after that that trip did you guys both then move to LA like how did that transition happen and because I know Chelsea you said you were visiting so where do you just move for work or what I'm like I just left my husband (laughs) moved in bye I gotta go to LA we we started the podcast when Chelsea still lived in Utah so when we started the podcast um we like it's so weird looking back you know those things you're just like that made no sense but like somehow it just Mm -hmm. works so I we were like let's start a podcast together it'd be so fun and we committed to doing it in person so we were like once a month either I'll come to you or you'll come to me and we'll just batch out four episodes or like five episodes Mm -hmm. or whatever and um it gave us the excuse that we see each other all the time which is really nice um and so yeah you can tell about how you moved to LA eventually yeah well I mean even from then it's not like as soon as we started the podcast it was like our main goal to live by each other like that wasn't even really a thought at first like we thought that would be ideal but I just didn't see myself moving to LA at that point so even after I lived in Utah we I then lived in Arizona for a while we still did the podcast and then I moved to Nashville Tennessee for six months we were still doing the podcast and somehow we never missed a Tuesday and then while I was in Nashville and we were kind of figuring like you know what we want these podcast episodes to be current we want like to be able to grow and it was just so hard to keep up with everything while we were separate because we'd be like okay well we need a picture to post we're not together so how are we gonna post a picture just things like that like doing lives and stuff so then I basically convinced my husband and he was down and we're like we got to go to LA sorry sorry about it so at at that point our podcast had grown enough to where it made sense also Mm -hmm. so but that was like it almost took two full years like Chelsea just moved to LA recently yeah so People thought that Mads and I doing it between San Diego and LA was was difficult, but that's a whole nother level of commitment. I love it. Yeah, it was crazy, but we did it. You know, that shows when you're really committed to something, you can make anything happen. Also, I would like to say when we first started the podcast, my husband and I like didn't have a lot of money because we had just experienced like some financial turmoil. So it was like not the smartest decision at the point, like at that point to fly every month and, you know, spend all this money on podcast stuff. But it just felt so right, felt you right, know? you know? You got to go. You got to go with that gut. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you guys both mentioned that you're married. And this is something that is very puzzling to me, but not to Scout because she was a young bride. Um, I want to talk about... I don't think I was as young as you guys were. How old were you guys when you got married? 21. Yeah, I was 20 turning 21 in two days. So kind of 21. Wow. I know. Yeah, no, I got, I got engaged at 24. We're just still like, I feel like today young. Yeah. Okay, yeah so I just want to know kind of what, why was it important for you to get married so young and take that really big step? Well, to be honest, so where we grew up, we're Mormon. So we like, oh my God. that was going to be my next question. Oh, we yeah, have a lot face. of questions now. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I figured, no, I figured it was okay. a religious situation. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So 
honestly, in our community, it's not shocking at all to get married when you're 21. I mean, some people, I know people have gotten married when they're 19 or even 18. So like, it definitely wasn't shocking to like the people around us, I don't think. Um, when you when you move to LA, that's shocking to people. They're shocked. Um, obviously, a big factor into getting married fast, just honestly, is that we didn't have sex till we were married. So it's like, if you're, you know, you're not going to date for five years, if that's yeah. the case. Um, which, yeah. So I think that's like kind of the blunt answer for why mm-hmm. we got married young and like yeah, quickly. Yeah, so something in um, your... Which- in your religion, in your culture, doesn't feel as so out of the blue and something that is so crazy to do at a young age. Totally. And no, and definitely. like I said, when you move to LA, like people are shook when they, when even they know I'm 25 and I'm like married also because I look like I'm 11, <laughs> but that's So are you story. guys still very religious or have you kind of graduated yeah. from that faith? Well, I actually, I actually wanted to talk to you guys about that because I was listening to your Law of Attraction episode, which I totally loved, and you just briefly mentioned um, your faith a little bit and how that might play a role in the difference between spirituality and faith and how like you believe that the Law of Attraction and thinking positively can be a religious concept, essentially. So I wanted to get into what what your faith means to you today. As as Mad says, like 25-year-olds living in Los Angeles, you've already gotten married, kind of where your head's at with this. You're very public figures. You're on social media, all that good stuff. How does it fit into your life today? You can yeah. go first, Chelsea. Well, it, it is definitely different because like we said, we grew up in a community that was primarily LDS. And so um, that's Mormon. Yeah, that's Mormon. So like that's just um, so like, we're Jewish. Um, just using code. Yeah, we're Jewish. So you're going to need to like spell it out. Yeah, we don't know much about Mormon. Yeah. Okay. So LDS stands for Latter-day Saints. Okay. So it's we know just, that. Oh, okay. Um, another another name for Mormon. And so where we grew up again, like that's just kind of all we knew. It, it wasn't weird to be Mormon. Unlike some other places where I know I have friends who are Mormon. They're like, I was the only Mormon in my school. Um. So once we moved out of that area, like when we, me and my husband at least first moved to San Diego and you kind of just get out of that bubble, it definitely makes you realize like that you grew up in a bubble, first of all, that you grew up with everyone kind of living the same life. And if anything, after years of like living out of Arizona and even Utah, because obviously it's, I was going to say even worse in Utah, even better, whatever, um, you really start to wonder like how you're going to live with your religion for the rest of your life, you know, if you even want to continue on with that one. But I think of overall the best thing, because I think a lot of things or a lot of people that grew up with us, they think when you move to LA, oh my gosh, you're not going to be Mormon anymore. You're just going to be crazy. You're going to be like off the chain, just living this crazy life. But if anything, it's it makes you re- like really think about why you're religious in the first place. So you're not just, you know, doing the things and going through the motions. If anything, at least for me, like it's made me really think like, why am I religious? So then these reasons that people talked about in church growing up that you they were so strong about, you're just like, yeah, yeah, that's how it is. But you had to really think about it like, oh, this is why I had to experience experiences on my own. No one's making me go to church. So I can go if I want and I don't have to go if I don't want to. So then all of a sudden you, I don't know, at least for me, it's made it a stronger deeper connection to it and like my own not my own spin on it but like I started my own church my spin-off church no but your own take on it and like your own you know what you believe in what parts of it you like and what parts of it you don't like and all that stuff so 
Yeah. Can I ask like a personal question and you don't have to answer this, but you said, you know, you figure out why you're religious. Can I ask yeah. you why, why are you religious? What, what did you find when you asked yourself that? Yeah. Well, I feel like when you're certain, like 18, 19 and you first move away from home, you're just like freedom. Like I can do whatever the heck I want. And so like uh, this has been mostly recently in the last couple of years, I started to really understand the importance of, first of all, having a greater purpose in life and the importance of prayer and like being connected to basically just living a better life and living a life that you're proud of and doing things and being a kind person and you know whatever religion it is truthfully like having that thing that makes you feel connected to a bigger purpose yeah a bigger purpose a bigger purpose um i feel like is just so important especially as i dive into health and like wellness and holistic health like prayer and all that like mind body spirit connection just almost confirms it to me like I'll be like oh you know this church philosophy I knew growing up like it's kind of weird but then I'll get into something like the law of attraction I'm like oh this is literally prayer like so I guess this is more deep than you know I was just gonna say I've had a very up and down um you know I guess relationship with just the concept of religion and our our religion and everything and um part of that and I don't want to make excuses but is when you have a platform you do receive criticism for things like no matter what and honestly my community is so cool and so kind and like so supportive 99% of people are so awesome um but there is a well first of all Mormon is a branch of it's Christianity like we believe in Christ and everything and um there's a part of like Christians the part that I you know that's hard to deal with sometimes is just the judgment that comes along from people like thinking that their rules that they grew up with like need to apply to you as well or like oh you're not dressing modestly but it's like oh how I grew up that that's modest so it's receiving that judgment really kind of pushed me away from just like religion altogether not that I like left the church or anything but I'm just like I don't like how I feel when people are acting like this towards me and if you're a part of that religion, like, why would I want to be a part of a group of people that act that way? Like, that is so, like, I believe in treating people with kindness and, like, being non-judgmental. And if people are acting that way towards me, I don't want to be a part of this this group. You know what I mean? And keep, I was just to say, know, in, so in your faith and in, in the Mormon religion, do you find that you can pick and choose certain uh, philosophies or certain aspects of it to inhibit or is that just how you choose to live just because in Judaism uh, th it's very flexible and you can kind of choose the different thoughts and schools of thought uh, to live with you don't really need to be everything or nothing is that similar or do you just um, live that way to yeah. me, I think I think a lot of people within Mormonism see it as black and white. It's like you're all in, you're all out. For me, I see it as we live in the gray area. All of us do. It's like we're none of us are perfect. Like we can't live absolutely perfectly. So I don't even try to live perfectly. But that being said, like there are things like within our religion that honestly don't make a ton of sense to me or that I'm like, I don't really get that or like agree with that. Um, but there are also parts that make me feel really happy and like whole. And, and so I, I, pick, no, I don't want to say I pick and choose like which parts apply to me, but I just live my life the best way I know how following the things that I love about the church. And then there are certain things that I'm honestly just like, 
I don't agree with that completely. And I just have to trust that like my relationship with God, like God knows my heart. And like, that's what I, that's how I live my life. Yeah, exactly. Like he knows your intentions and he knows what you're trying to do. So if you're, you know, certain aspects of it, I think the problem is, is that they, people often do get confused with the like core of the church and the gospel per se versus the community and the culture of it and so they think that the culture if you're not if you don't look a certain way within that culture you don't have this life basically where you get married at 20 you have kids super fast and you have a bunch of them and you're like you know staying at home all that stuff then they think that the core of it is they, they think you can't like coincide those two things cannot coincide but in my opinion that's completely different that's completely false is that if you're like focusing on the core gospel of it and basically just trying to be a good person like that's that's all it is yeah (laughs) then well all all the judgment is just a human construct of the gospel as you said so Mm -hmm. it's just complete interpretation and and but i'm so happy we're talking about this because actually this morning i woke up I, with Judaism, it's much more for most people who are secular Jews, it's much more of a culture versus a religion in the sense that we do traditions and holidays, but we don't necessarily like Mads and I don't like follow all the laws, I would say, but I have been developing a really deep relationship with God over the last few years and find myself to be very spiritually, I don't know if it's religiously or spiritually or whatever it is. Um, and I was thinking this morning, I was like, oh, I really want to, and I'm sorry, I'm doing this on the podcast, Mads, but I was like, I really want to have a conversation with Mads because Mads is more philosophical than spiritual, but I feel like there's so many gifts that come with believing in a higher power that come with believing in that something is supporting you and guiding you and here to help you. I think that the amount of healing I have found in that support is so great. And I feel like you two are such perfect people to talk to about this. Um, So it's just interesting, you know, like how when you were talking about the law of attraction stuff and all that stuff, I was like, yes, I totally resonate. But yet we're two totally different religions, but it's the same thing, right? Like it's just believing in something greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I feel like when you're not trying so hard to like fit a certain mold or like do what you think you should be doing because you are Jewish or because you are Mormon and you just live your life truly the best way you know how. And it's like being honest because I try and be honest with myself because sometimes I'm like, no, I'm actually not doing the best I can. And like I'm being lazy. And so in that case, like I know I need to step it up. But when I'm truly living the best way I know how, I don't feel guilty about anything because I'm like, I'm just doing the best I can. Yeah. And I feel like there's something that I always go back to with spirituality in general is something my mom told me that stuck out to me. It's like God's feel like the emotions that God creates are happiness and charity and all of these positive emotions. So guilt, shame, judgment, hopelessness, those are not coming from God. Like, so if you, if you sense that in your community or culture, it's, that's not coming from God. God doesn't want judgment and he doesn't want guilt and he doesn't want those things. So I feel like that's how I kind of navigate being in, because you kind of are in the culture if you are part of a religion. You're, you know, attending church. Well, not right now, but most of the time you're attending church and you're, you know, a big part of it is the community that you have. That's such a wonderful part of it is that you have this community of people around you that um, you can go and worship with. But Again, it can be hard when everybody kind of has different views about it. So I just go about it thinking, okay, if I'm having these good feelings and I'm having peace and I'm feeling true joy, I'm doing the right things. Love that. Mads, what do you think? Oh, I hear well, your I was going to, I was going to transition, but I guess 
Oh, are you, no, you're not. No, I, no, I want to hear it. I want to hear what you think about what you think um, about God. Yeah, <laughs> the most deep question for on this. The heads Throws up. it on um, You no, can say I, honestly; I, it's not no, a big deal. I, um, I think I have a very ingrained. Um, so my, I guess my relationship with God is that. I've been conditioned to see him, I guess, and have a visualization that is very clear in my head. That is like this man that's up in the heavens sitting on a throne. And I cannot get that out of my head. So therefore, I do not feel any connection or any any type of like spiritualness when you say your relationship to God. Now, I do believe in a connective energy between all humans, but I don't really see it as a higher power. I see it as everyone on the same plane. So that's kind of something, and I haven't really dove deep internally of how I interpret that or feel about that. I just do know that the t- again, it's law of attraction. The type of energy I give off is what I'm going to receive. And that's, and that's just, I feel that between humans, I don't necessarily see God because again, I need to unlearn that visualization I have of him that I've been taught as a child. That was so beautiful. I'm so happy I asked you that. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. We're transitioning. I feel like we're making progress. We're making okay. emotional progress. Okay, sisters, we wanted to take a quick break to talk to you about ritual. We all know we want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. Especially during quarantine, health is at the complete forefront of our minds. But even if we eat the kale salads and drink the green smoothies, which I'm guilty, I drink a smoothie every morning, we're still most likely not getting all the essential nutrients we need on a daily basis. So enter Ritual, the obsessively researched and super, super cute vitamin for women. From D3 to Omega-3, Rituals Essential for Women helps fill gaps in a woman's diet. So for the obsessive label readers, all of Rituals' vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergy-free ingredients are out there. So guys, it's super easy to get behind. And did we mention it's like a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients? I was actually getting super into vitamins and nutrients and I bought like 10 huge bottles. They took up a huge space in my house and it was expensive. This is the best way to get everything you need in an affordable way and a way that's super cute. Mads, tell us how you take your ritual. I take my ritual in the mornings. I have all my little pills that I have to take, probiotics and things like that. So I just add in my ritual um, during that little morning ritual. And it tastes like mint. So you don't get that like gross aftertaste and you're not like swallowing it and like wanting to like, you know, barf it back up. Because when you, if you've ever taken like fish oil or certain vitamins, it's really hard to swallow down. But ritual is, makes it so easy because they have this little mint fresher in it. So it feels like you're literally just swallowing a mint and you get all those nutrients, baby. Yeah. So better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now ritual is giving the sisterhood 10% off not during your first month, but your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that supports a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash OKSIS to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash OKSIS. Okay, but we, I want to get into, I, okay, I want to get into JC and Chelsea okay, because we sorry. have a lot to talk about. So there's something specific that you, JC, you posted 
on your Instagram stories the other day that really, really resonated me with me. You said that a lot of people have been DMing you about this quote unquote advice called find your niche, which I feel like, and I think you were the first person I have ever heard that said, it's okay not to have a fucking niche and like, don't not don't listen to that advice, but just like, it's okay if you don't have that you know, and it's a, because it's a very overwhelming piece of advice. It's, um, it can feel restrictive. It can feel like you're not doing something right. I mean, for instance, when Scout and I started our podcast, I was like, how many fucking podcasts about female entrepreneurs are there? That's not a niche. Like what niche do we have? Your voice. And so then I (laughs) No, your voice, just yours. my yours. My loud voice. My loud voice is very niche, but so I really loved that you brought that into your community and your network because I think people don't want to say that or feel scared to even admit that they don't have a niche. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I have so many thoughts. Oh, you guys, I could talk for hours about this kind of stuff. Um, I think like the re I don't even know what compelled me to share that. Honestly, I was just laying on my grass outside and I had that thought and I just wanted to share it. Um, but Chelsea and I like for for example Chelsea came to me and she was like I don't know what to do because I want to like post health and wellness content and like I'm a health coach and like I should be posting about that more and like I want to but I also like dancing on TikTok and like I like fashion and I like all this stuff and I feel like it's not a brand if I'm just like whatever and it kind of that kind of started making me think and I had another friend who came to me as well kind of same same thing like I like so many things I don't even know whatever and it occurred to me that your niche is you. It's you as a person. Mm-hmm. And like you said, how many podcasts are there about female entrepreneurship? But how many how many people are there out there that have your dynamic? None besides you. And that is your niche is being mm-hmm. you. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get creative with the way you show information and do things because there are so I follow so many like fashion bloggers, right? And it's like there are thousands of fashion bloggers out there, but the ones I follow are the ones I connect with. Like I like their personality and like I like their fashion, but I also like their personality. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't like, you know, your vibe and who you are, I don't follow you on Instagram because it's like I just don't resonate with you. So it, it occurred to me because I, I started thinking about all the things I do and I'm like, wow, I do like a lot of random things that don't really coincide. When I was talking to my friend about it, he was like, well, but it somehow it makes sense. Like when you're doing all this stuff, like somehow for your brand, it just works. And I'm like, I think it's just because it's literally me. It's like, it's all the stuff I love. So of course it makes sense. It's like, I love dancing. I love posting about business stuff. It's like, so, so it just works and it makes sense. And I think that can be said for everyone. But I will say I did get a little bit, not a backlash, but people saying, well, you're able to do that now because you've built up a platform. Like you started with photography being your niche, which is the truth. But I will say the reason that photography was my niche is because I was just obsessed with it. It's all I did. I didn't even care about makeup, skincare, anything else. I just did photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, that was just me at the time. So it, it's like, I just want people, I think it hinders so many people from starting something mm-hmm. because they're just like, oh, I don't have a niche. It's so overwhelming. But if you just start, just start and then you'll find niches along the way. And when you're being yourself, that just becomes your yeah. power. Yeah. 
I always tell people if they want to start a podcast, when they want to start a podcast, I say, make sure you have an intro where it's just you talking because people are going to come back to your podcast. If they like you, they're not going to come back because of the people you interview. Like, yeah, that's like a little cherry on top, but the girls that listen to our podcast don't like, they love our guests, but they would listen to us for two months. Just Mads and I talking like they have to, you have to connect with your audience on who you are. And I like that you said, you doesn't ha- you don't have to know about it right away. Mads and I had no idea that this dynamic was going to be, the thing that made our podcast tick, you know, you just kind of develop it as you go along. Totally. Yeah. I feel like it's again, more about how you communicate than what you communicate. And that's really what your niche kind of turns into because even not necessarily like how, like, Oh, what platform you use, but just again, you and how you are communicating things and how um, people can be posting about the same thing and they could be talking about the same exact thing, but you wouldn't put them in the same niche even. Like if you were to think like, oh, what's their niche versus like what's their niche? But um, yeah, I agree. I, it's It's been hard. Again, like I was talking to JC about it and I was like, it's just hard because I want to do whatever I want to do that day. Like, you know, some days I want to post a stupid skit on TikTok and then some days I literally want to talk about my eating disorder. So how is that like a niche yeah I also just like we need to have some more justice for multi-hyphenates like when did it become not attractive to have a a wide variety of interests like we started this podcast Mm -hmm. and the reason we have current fixations is because we are so obsessed with a lot of different content where it can be where we love to read we also love reality tv and the ba- and the bachelor but then we love to talk about philosophy and certain mindsets and business like why is it why do we need to be pigeonholed like what what does that service like i get that it might create such an engaged audience initially but it doesn't feel true cuz every human is so multifaceted we have a variety of of talents and interests like why not show all them yeah, I agree. It's easier for people to digest in a snapshot. They want to know in two seconds who you are, mm-hmm. what you do, and then they can make a decision. They don't, I mean, it sucks, but they don't want to go through the whole, like, how complicated are you and what are all of your layers and where do I fit into all this? So it's just like a, yeah. it's easy. Mm-hmm. But I will say when someone does have a very specific niche, it can sometimes harm them in the future because they want to transition. They're like, okay, I'm sick of this. Mm. and then they literally feel like they can't because they're like this is all I'm known for this is my whole community is based around this one thing like it's only fitness it's nothing else and now I want I like fashion and I want to show some of that but no one cares like I've had so many people message me about that kind of stuff so it it can kind of it can help you and harm you in different ways that's why you just got to do you yeah I feel like another thing with um niches in general or when you want to start something and you're thinking your why you usually think what is my why and it's kind of like tends to be a niche like okay well I want to talk about again health or skincare or whatever but I think an intention is way more important than any kind of you know temp level or what's it called service level niche like for example our podcast we really didn't know exactly what it was going to be all we knew we came up okay we want to inspire and entertain and we've kept true to that and it's made it very easy to make decisions on you know whatever we wanted to do whatever it was like do story times and read funny stories so that people are laughing and having a good day or maybe we talk about the law of attraction it's just um I feel like your intention will guide you a lot more than just choosing a subject to talk about totally okay let's get into balanced boss so you guys just 
launched this new like live course. I want to hear everything about what you both offer, what is your intention, and what is the goal with it? Yeah, so it's a four-week live course. Um, We're on the first week right now. We're doing two live sessions per week. So one live session on Monday and one live session on Friday for four weeks. So a total of eight live sessions. Each um, session is about a different subject. And I talk about how it pertains to business and entrepreneurship and building a career. And Chelsea talks about how it pertains to health. And um, it has been honestly amazing so far. We're definitely going to do more in the future. Um, We're creating an Instagram called, it's just the username is balanced boss core. Balanced Boss Course. And that's like a free group anyone can join. Um, and we're going to, we'll post more updates about like future courses, but we're also just going to post like inspiring stuff on there. Um, but yeah, we just both are passionate individually about like, I just love business stuff. That's why when you're like, oh, I want to talk about niche. And I was like, I could talk for an hour just because this kind of stuff really fuels me. Like, I just love it. And then Chelsea's obviously passionate about health and we're like, let's just combine forces and like do a course to like really help people thrive in both of those areas. So that's what it's all about. I love that. I love that. And you guys, again, it's all about, and you both have found this way to expand, I think, what you've built into all of these different mediums, which is really admirable. It's something that Scout and I have have thought a lot about and how, you know, how when you have such an ingrained community from a podcast, how do you give them content in more creative and engage with them in more creative and fresh ways? Yeah, 100%. Well, I was even thinking, so one day I was like thinking about my own health clients because I take one-on-one clients and work with them and, and we mostly focus on health stuff, but my the whole philosophy is looking at health as a holistic view, so all areas of life. So that includes finances and spirituality and creativity and, and, and career and education, all that stuff. And so like one day after I got done with the client, I was like, I just wish I had better advice for career. Like that's one area like I just wish I had better advice for. And I was like, you know what? Me and JC help each other so much. Again, like I come to her for business advice. And so I was like, we would be unstoppable if we just started teaching together because obviously two heads are better than one. So I could really, I was thinking about like my clients could really get so much from having these two people as their coach to give them different perspectives and two people who are so passionate, again, like you said, about that one topic, and then they can get the best out of those topics, I guess. Okay, so to wrap up, we have one final question. If someone came to you and said, you have to brag about your business, what is one thing you would say? Oh, That could be your podcast, your community, your individual business, you can pick. Wow. Um, And don't be humble. Okay. I I would say just like the loyalty and the trust is like out of this world, honestly, for both our podcast and our my personal brand. Like I just feel like people really love and like trust us. And that that was evident to me when we had our first live event and it sold out so quickly and so many people came and they're all there in their sweatshirts and just like telling us how much we've helped them. And it just like some something about seeing people in real life that are like I follow you and they're like you've really helped me you're like oh my gosh like this is it's crazy to see so I think that's like what I'm most proud of for sure yeah they show up and they engage more so than we think they would even in the first place yeah do you have one for your for your personal brand 
Um, Just I mean, brag. That, that one goes into a, a little bit. But I would say like a small one would be I'm glad that I have um, always been myself on my platforms and because I didn't really feel pressure on any, especially my social media platforms. Um, so I was, I've just always been able to be myself around it. So I feel like I've cultivated a good community of girls who also are themselves and funny. So if I post something like they, they like get stupid you. and funny, they get me. And I feel like I love that about my community and just like my brand in general, I guess. I love that. I love that question. It just makes me happy when people are proud of themselves are, and celebrate. Are you celebrate. guys going to brag to us? We're ready. Um, we're going, well, we're oh, going sure. on your podcast, so we'll brag there. Okay, true. Okay, okay perfect. Yeah, we'll we wait. can brag there. I will say I've had, um, I told Jason this a couple weeks ago, I've had some trauma with bragging because in sixth grade, one of my best friends asked me a question. She was like, hey, what, what was one thing you would change about me? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, she had horses. And I was like, maybe that you have horses because I'm so jealous that you have horses. And she's like, I would change that you brag all the time. And I'm like, Look at you now, though. Okay, so catch me never bragging again for the rest of my life. Oh my God, no, we're going to undo that trauma. And it's not bragging. Let's not use the word brag. I mean, yeah. we did, but what being proud of yourself. Yeah, 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 for sure. Love that. It's important. We all have to do it more. That story Agreed. gets me every time. I can't. I'm like, 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 like asked waiting. Yeah, for she her was turn. ready for her turn. Like, she was ready to pounce. Yeah. I can't. You're like, I'm jealous that you have horses. Yeah. And she's like, let me attack your inner personality. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. So okay, funny. well, thank you guys for coming on. And um, sisters, we're going to be on yours podcast. So stay tuned for that and let everybody know where they can find you. Okay, our Instagram for our podcast is at what we said podcast. Our individual Instagrams, mine's at JC Marie Smith and mine's at Chelsea Jade Curtis. And we're both on YouTube, TikTok. If you find us on Instagram, you can find all the links to Everyone, everything. Catch us everywhere. Catch us Go everywhere. Follow them on TikTok. It is premium. It is great. <laughs> Appreciate Thank you guys. It. Thank you so much for having us on, seriously. Yeah. yeah. And you can find us at OKC's okay Podcast. Love you, sisters. Bye. Bye. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.